After all this, the Bible says, this Jacob came back to the land. He found Esau blessed. Esau had no need because the land will give you enough. <laughs> the land will produce for you. This is so significant. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned and God put a curse? He said, I'm cursing the land that the land will never produce for you. Instead, it will produce for you what? Thorns and this is so. You will struggle to eat from it. It will deny you when you sow a seed. But when God wanted to bless Abraham and his descendants, he, 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 he took a land, a land which was inhabited by wicked people and cleaned it. You must, you must, you must unhear me. He cleaned it and made it holy and made it good so that they will flourish themselves when they are there. Check this. When Jacob reached Laban's place, the land changed because Jacob was there. And then the people began to flourish. When Egypt received Jacob and his sons, the land itself began to flourish. Why? Because on account of the God they are working with, the God of Abraham who promised that you will be blessed and nations will be blessed through you. Egypt was blessed because of them. That was the promise God made to Abraham. Nations will be blessed. Nations will flourish through you. Are you getting me? Oh my God. These things, we read them and we, if you think about this, you will realize that was the fulfillment of the promises that God had. Even though they were working like slaves in Egypt, but there was a fulfillment of a great promise. Through you, men will be blessed. And indeed, wherever they went, men were being blessed. Hallelujah. Jacob left his home in the time of famine when he heard that his son Joseph was now a minister, a great man in Egypt. Joseph sent for him. He thought his son was dead. Now he just discovered he's still alive. He was so happy. He has been mourning and crying, crying that his son is dead. Now he discovers he's alive. He went to see him. When he reached there, they were given a place away from the people of Egypt, a land called Goshen, a land which was peaceful. If you read much about Goshen, Goshen is a place where there was a presence of God, where God protected the land, where God supplied for the land. Everything that was happening in Goshen was not happening to the rest of Egypt. Uh -uh. Even in the time when God was bringing the, the plagues, some of the plagues that were happening inside the city of Egypt and surrounding lands of Egypt was not happening in Goshen because Goshen was a place of God. It was a place of safety because there was these people. Are you hearing me, somebody? You need to understand this. You serve a mighty God. Even if you are in the midst of everybody here in South Africa, but where you are can be a Goshen for you. It can be a place where God can protect you, where God can shield you, where God can cover you. That's why you can rise up every morning and say, the Lord is my shield. The Lord is my strength. It's not your shield because you have not from here, you are in Jerusalem. No. It's your shield because where you are, His presence is there. Where you are, His glory is there. It's your shield, it's your protection, it's your everything wherever you are. Because Jesus said, not only are we going to worship in the mountain, not only are we going to go to Jerusalem. No, 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 no. Wherever we are, God seeks only people who will worship Him in truth and in spirit. If you do that, the presence of God is there to protect you. The presence of God is there to prosper you. The presence of God is there to move you. Now, listen. When Jacob entered there, the land of Egypt, the Bible says there were only 70. There were not many. There were 70. 
There's a mystery there. There's a mystery there. There were only 70. With these 70, when they came out, there were millions. When they entered, there were 70. When they came out, there were millions. I'll tell you the mystery one day of this. Not, not very far. When Moses needed people who will help him to save the same crowd of people because now there were millions. What did God say? Choose how many people? 70. When Jesus wanted to go for ministry, to minister everywhere, how many people did he send? Despite the time when he was sending his only apostles, there was a time he chose, they went two by two. How many? 70. I'm, 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 I'm taking you somewhere. 70 went in. Millions came out. Are you with me? Seven, millions who were being led through the desert needed 70 leaders or elders to act as judges to take care of them. Because why? They kept increasing even in the wilderness. All right? Jesus came. The kingdom of God is here. Now he's beginning to expand and grow the kingdom. How many does he send? 70. What is supposed to happen? If you send 70, you must harvest millions. That's a mystery that I'll share with you. You understand this mystery. You send 70. God's formula is that 70 will bring in millions. 70 will always bring back millions. 70 will bring a harvest of millions. 70 will always produce. It's a, it's, it's, you need to understand this. What is Jubilee? What is all of this? So I'll show you these things. It's, it's a significant. It's significant with God. Hallelujah. So now, until that time, they came out. God raised Moses. He took them out of slavery. Now, the Bible says they were kept under the law. That period of the law came 430 years after God spoke these promises to Abraham. Are you with me? After he spoke all these wonderful things, they came out of slavery. Why? Slavery destroyed them. Slavery put them down. Slavery confused them. Slavery made them... You know, I even lack the words to explain who they were now. They've lost touch with everything. They've lost touch with the reality. They are representing many people today. Some of us are part of that kind of people who have a God, who have a Father, who have a Savior, who made promises to our fathers. But yet slavery, growing up under oppression, growing up under, 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 under difficulties, growing in poverty, growing where there is challenges, condemned the mind. That even if God will stand and say, I'm your father, I love you, and I want to bless you, you will say, eh, me, are you talking about me? Are you getting what I'm saying to you? Slavery destroyed them. Hardship destroyed them. They couldn't understand. 430 years later, they had lost track of who God is. Even when Moses came and said, I'm God of your father. I'm the one who's speaking to you. Moses is the one who sent me. Who is this name? He says, I am. He gave me this to show you that he is the most powerful God. He gave them, he put his hand. It came out, it was leprous. He put it back, it was clean. 
He put his stuff down. It became a serpent. He picked it up. It became the rod again. Are you getting what I'm saying to you? He gave him all this so that these people's minds can begin to come back little by little. So they can know that we are not orphans. We have God. We have our Father. God said when he was telling Abraham, he says, I will be their God. They will be my children. Ah, I will be their Father. They will be my sons. But they didn't know this. Because of their slavery, because of the pain, because of the challenges, because of the struggles. They didn't know this. And that is why God ends up saying what? The one thing I'll do is I'll bring another covenant. Because the covenant that I made with their father, they can't understand it. I'll bring them a new covenant. Which covenant? It will be written in them. So that they have no need to anyone to teach them. Because the first one, unfortunately, a cycle was broken. So they lost direction of the covenant. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7 to verse 12. Hebrews chapter 8. Oh, give me give me still some few more minutes. We'll be done just now. Hebrews chapter. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I don't want to take so long. I want to cut my messages these days now so that we can we can we can get as much as possible. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 7 to verse 12. Alright? For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for the second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Now, take note of what he says. The covenant is with the house of Israel and with the house of what Judah because the covenant is them that were supposed to understand the covenant very, very clearly. Now, look at this. Verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with them, or with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their mind and write them in their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. I will write them in their hearts. They will be in their minds. They will be my people. I will be their God. For all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. Verse 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Now, the issue is this new covenant. Now, after God spoke like this, this was spoken first by Jeremiah in the book of Jeremiah 31, reading it from verse 31 to verse 34. This is exactly the same words picked from the book of Jeremiah that this is what God will do. Because he saw that his people have lost it. He tried to guide them by the law so that they can come back to this covenant that God made with Abraham. They were not able to. Until God ended up saying, my final plan is to bring Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? So that whosoever believe in him will not perish but have what? Life. Or everlasting life. So God brought Jesus so that we can do what? Return back. Because Jesus is the promised seed. And to Jesus, who is the promised seed, not to seeds as to many, he is the one who is the fulfillment of the promise that God made to Abraham. So everything that happened in between, you must understand, it was preservation. Hallelujah. It was preservation of mankind. It was preservation of the species that God created called man. Now in this new covenant, both Jews and Gentiles are partakers of this covenant. It's no longer the issue of Jews only. What we hear, read here, he says God was speaking this to the sons of Israel, to Judah. But now we, 
are partakers of this covenant. How? By faith. Alright? God promised in this covenant to build a house. Not a house built by the hands of men, but himself would build the house. That's the promise he made. Which is the temple. Okay? Bear with me. Again, God promised that we will have an inheritance which is eternal life. This part of the covenant that he made, which is called the new covenant. Okay? The issue is now. Did the requirements of the new covenant be fulfilled? Were they fulfilled? Yes. The things that God promised, did they come? Yes. Jesus said, there's a promise of the Holy Spirit. Did the Holy Spirit come? The Holy Spirit came. The Bible speaks about he's going to build his own house, his temple. Did it happen? Yes, Christ is the head of the church today. God is building us together. He is the chief cornerstone and we are living stones, built together to become a habitation. Are, are you with me? Fulfilled. Number three. Huh? Are, are you with me? Are you following me? The promise of an inheritance of eternal life. Is it possible? John writes and Peter writes, I write to you because you have eternal life. And that eternal life is in Christ Jesus. Do we have it? Yes, we do. We don't have to die first to end to have it. We already have it before we die. We have the everlasting life. Are you getting what I'm saying to you? Jesus in John 17 prayed. And he says, you gave me the, the authority to come and give them eternal life. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God. And they may know Jesus whom you have sent. If we know God and we know Jesus whom, we, whom God sent, we have eternal life. Hallelujah. So with these things fulfilled, yes. Now, there's the last thing. God promised the children of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and everyone else, they will inherit the land of Canaan. They will inherit the land of Canaan. Did they inherit it? Yes, they did. That was a type. Everything that happened in the old, the Bible says it was a type. It was an image. It was not the real thing. But the new covenant brings the real thing. The old, it's a representation. It brings a type, an image. The new brings the real thing. Now, now, if there is now the old, the promise, there's the new of this one. In the old, there was circumcised in the heart. To, so it was circumcised in the flesh. Today, we are supposed to be circumcised in the heart. What does it mean to be circumcised in the heart? It means moving away from stubbornness. Moving away from having a stubborn heart, a heart which is like a stone, but developing a heart of the flesh, a heart that fears God, that has got the fear of the Lord. Are you with me? That's to be circumcised in the heart. So anyone who is a Christian today must be circumcised in the heart. Anyone who has partaken of the old covenant must be circumcised in the flesh. But today, we must be circumcised in the heart. So the, I'm trying to show you that this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Now the last thing which has been confusing many it confuses many. When are you coming to the land of promise? So today I give you the answer. You are already there. You are already there. Did they come in? Yes, they did. So when are we coming in? We have already come in. We are already in the land of promise. We are already partakers. When, man of God, 
The day you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you were translated immediately, the Bible says, from the kingdom of darkness to the light. <laughs> you were translated immediately with the twinkling of an eye. You were moved where you were, you were, you know, spiritually located, which was darkness, which was the kingdom of Satan, to a new kingdom immediately. You were removed from slavery to freedom. The Bible says, whoever was a slave, when you're in Christ, you are free. Even if you're still serving a master on earth, it's a self that master like serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because in Christ, you are all free. So the problem is, we compare the physical experiences and try to equate today, our physical experiences of today, we equate them with our spiritual advancement. If I'm still working under certain somebody, it means I'm still a slave. No. In Christ, you are free. You might be serving a manager or doing whatever, but in Christ, you are free. Both, the Bible says, both you and your manager, you report to Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying to you? So you don't look at your life and say, but I'm still looking for a job, but I'm still working under somebody, but I'm still receiving my salary, so I'm not yet independent, I'm not yet free. No, you are free, even though you're still working under somebody. I hope that helps somebody. Jesus was the promise that God made that is the seed of Abraham. And he came. It means everything that you can read about fulfilled, fulfilled, fulfilled. So even us being part of what God has done, which is the kingdom of God, is done. Have we entered the land of promise? Yes, we have. The Bible speaks of something very wonderful in the book of Hebrews that I want to show you very quickly. The book of Hebrews. It says this. <laughs> uh, Jesus is Lord. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12, it says, but, from verse 22, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Now, Jerusalem is in the land of Canaan. It's in the land of promise, right? So you have come. To the great assembly and the church of the firstborn, who are, the who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of the just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant. Do you see? That's verse 24 of Hebrews 12. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than the blood of Abel, you have come. That's what the Bible says. So therefore, children of God, we are there. And all of God's promises that God has made belongs to us. All the promises. Now take note of this. When the children of Israel came to the land of Canaan, as long as they obeyed God, they were fine. The moment they disobey God, they become slaves. This means what? For us to enjoy Christianity in this earth, we have to make up our mind to be renewed in our thinking, to not be conformed to this world, because as long as we can be conformed to this world, we allow ourselves to go back to slavery, which Christ came to redeem us from it. 
so that we can begin to live like the descendants of Abraham who lived in the land of milk and honey and they flourished. We can begin to flourish here on this earth if somebody's hearing me say hallelujah. What is needed is to be renewed in our minds that we are no longer equally yoked with the people of the earth. We no longer think the same. We no longer reason the same, act the same, walk the same, talk the same. That's what will make us different. That's what will make us unique. That's what will, will make us to inherit the things that God has in store for those who are heirs of salvation. I hope, I, hope, I hope you're learning something. As long as the children of God were in the land of Canaan, but they don't renew their minds, they still think like they're in Egypt. Remember in Egypt, they learned idol worship. They learned wrong things. That's why when they were in the wilderness, they were crossing, they even made themselves a calf because they were troubled, they were oppressed by the system which they found in Egypt and they began to act like them. So when they were in the land that God promised them, they began to bring those foreign practices. So when you are born again, leave the old practices, leave the old lifestyle, leave the ways of your people and walk the walk of Jesus, the walk of faith, the walk of love, the man of grace, the man of mercy, full of compassion, full of loving kindness, who loved all, who loved enemies, who loved the lowest in society, and also associated in the greatest in society. He did not choose one over the other. He had both sides equally. Are you getting what I'm saying to you? Jesus had a balanced life. Jesus had equally divided his attention to everybody. He didn't have favorites and those who are not favorite no everybody as long as that person is willing to come to him everybody as long as that person is willing to become a part of what god wants him to be he is going to be favorite of jesus if you are hearing me say hallelujah you are a child of god and god's promises in christ jesus are yes and they are in him what amen it means that the promises of god are for you the promise that he made to abraham to isaac and to jacob are still standing and they are still there that's what the book of hebrews says the holy spirit promised that whoever will love god will serve god in the bible says they will enter rest and the bible says but they could not enter rest because of their unbelief but this means that what as long as you still believe there is a day there is a day that when you believe god and then you trust God and you begin to live by faith and walk by faith. Holy Spirit says what? I will give you rest. It means that you can enter rest and I can remain without rest. It means that you can have peace and I don't have peace. It means that you can experience flourishing and abundance and I, on the other side, I'm still struggling. That's why in Christianity, it is not because we are members of the same church. It is not because we pray together. It is not because we worship together. It is, it is how we become of one what? mind and one heart and one spirit that when we are like this, that's when we are particular. Why? Because we are one. In everything the Bible says God is one and therefore God is not divided so when we come to God we must be of one mind if we can be of one mind one heart one spirit I'm telling you the blessings of God would equally be divided among us it means what you are having I'll end up having the other one will be having why because the same heart the same spirit the same mind is at work in all of us so what makes us different is that we can be in the same place 
Another one is thinking different. Another one is thinking like a person in the world. Another one is thinking like a man of, who was in a, a slave. Another one is thinking about like, like a person who was oppressed. Another one is still thinking like somebody who still, you know, you know what we call poverty mentality. You are still thinking like a person who grew up under those conditions. You are not liberated from it. That you can think different. Dream different. Reason different. But I'm saying to you today, you are partakers of the new covenant. A covenant which is sealed in the blood of Jesus. You have already come in. You have already come in. You are already there. You are in the place where God's promises are amen. And they are in Christ Jesus. Oh, Makarabo Satire. You don't need to struggle for it. The Bible says you have already reached there. It's done. It's a done deal. Hallelujah. Are you with me, somebody? I can see some. I can see some are crying because of network. I'm trying to record and I hope that the recording will be good. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, The promises of God in Him, in Christ Jesus, are yes, and in Him they are amen to the glory of God through us. Now He who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. <laughs> oh, He has given us the Spirit as a down payment, as a guarantee. So we need not wonder and cry. God's promises are there. So what we need to do, I said last time, whenever you are reading the Bible, check what does the scripture say? Who is God? How does it speak about God? The Godhead, meaning God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. What does the word say? about me what kind of an identity is revealed concerning my life number three what is it that now I have received because I'm in Christ Jesus so I'm telling you today maybe you've heard me say it now and then I said you are already in the land today I'm giving you just straight you are already there if ever you meet anybody who still says I'm going there my brother I'm going there then there must be another explanation to it either you were in the land when you were in the land, you did wrong, you went back to slavery, and now when you realize you are out, that's what we call today backsliding. Slavery today, going to Babylon and going to other places for slavery is called backsliding. When a person backslides, they go to that kind of a slavery. You go and live under oppression. You go and live the way of the world. Now when you realize your mistake, what do you do? You cry back to God and you seek the face of God. That's what the people do when they are in what? when they are in slavery. And God will bring you out of slavery again and bring you back into the kingdom. That's, that's, so I'm, I'm trying. I hope, I, hope, I hope you are getting something. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you so much. So everything the Bible says, it tells us the old was a type. The old was an image. The new is the reality. So God bless you and God love you. And I want you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I want you to be revived in your spirit. I want you to be revived in your life and believe that Jesus is Lord. Mm-hmm.